Welcome to Sleepy Head Stories today. We love to read books, be silly, and play. Me and my mommy are here every week to read you great stories that all are unique. Join us at bedtime, or bath time, or breakfast. We promise it's better than a trip to the dentist. Welcome to Sleepyhead Stories. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Sleepyhead Stories. This week's episode, we will be reading the final part to the book Harry versus the First 100 Days of School by author Emily Jenkins. We truly hope you've enjoyed the book. We love it. We've read it before. And I think it gives a pretty accurate description of what it's like to be a first grader, even a kindergartner or a second grader in the United States especially. And the book takes place, she mentions several times in Brooklyn, New York, the author. And I think the author does a fantastic job at painting that picture of what it's like to grow up in a city setting. It's very similar to where we live now, so we connect to it so much, living in an apartment, um, taking trains, taking subways, taking public transportation, having so many different cultures with you in the classroom, walking past all the different kinds of businesses that are right around the block from you, the bodegas and the bakeries and everything else. She does a fantastic job painting that picture. So we hope you can find some similarities with your school. I'm sure you've all done 100 day celebrations at school. I know my daughter has. Um, And if you haven't, maybe it's something you can recommend to one of your teachers. But I'm going to go ahead and get started right away because this week's episode's very long because I wanted to finish this out because we have some fun things coming up next week and the weeks that are coming ahead for Halloween and that time of year. So enjoy, have a great day guys or a great night and we'll talk to you in the next episode. Versus the first 100 days of school. Final part. Chapter 15. Community workers. Day 72. Wednesday, January 2nd. Harry didn't think he'd want to go back to school after vacation, but he feels fizzy as he steps into the classroom. He saw Diamond and Mason for playdates over the break, and he went to Mason's birthday party. But now here is Mrs. Peekschnitzel in her old gray cardigan looking cozy and lipsticky like always. And here is Kamani wearing a new sweater with a sequin cat on it. And here is Wyatt with a purple fluff monster keychain dangling from his backpack. You like fluff monsters now? Harry asks as they hang up their coats. Yup. I used to think they were baby stuff, but then I got the game for Christmas. They are pretty boss. Hey, listen, what does a sick dog say? Harry thinks. Help me, I have a tummy ache. No, doof, it's a joke, says Wyatt. Oh, does it say... Harry pauses. He can't think of anything. It says, arf, arf, 
says Wyatt. What? Harry doesn't get the joke. Arf, arf is not the answer, says Kamani, coming over to hang up her coat. It's barf, barf. That's what a sick dog says. Get it? Barf, barf. That's so funny, says Harry. Oh, stupid, says Wyatt. I forgot the thing says that. I can't believe I did that. I got a giant squid for Christmas, says Abigail, coming to the cubby area. I was worried it would eat my six dogs, but then it turns out squids don't eat dogs. Squiddy eats watermelon. Harry isn't sure whether to believe her, so he just tells her about the set of toy horses he got from his dad. Day 73, Thursday, January 3rd. During lunch, Wyatt tries another joke. What did one booger say to the other? I know that one, says Kamani. My brothers do gross jokes all the time. Don't tell, cries Wyatt. Did it say, you're so yucky, asks Mason. Nope. Did it say, let's live in this nose together, asks Harry. No way. Okay, says Harry. What did the booger say? It said, you think you're funny, says Wyatt. Huh? Harry doesn't get it. The right answer is, you think you're funny, but you're snot, says Kamani. Snot! Snot always makes Harry laugh. It is so disgusting. Mason laughs too. Wyatt looks down in his hands. Snot, he replies to himself, like he's practicing. But you're snot. I have to remember, but you're snot. Day 74, Friday, January 4th. Miss Peekschnitzel teaches them the song, Who are the people in your neighborhood? Kids get to call out different community workers. Nurse, says Harry, because that's what my mommy is. Mechanic, says Wyatt. Fire chief, says Kamani. Subway driver, says Diamond. Dog walker, says Mason. Teacher, says Isabella. Squid, says Abigail. The teacher stops for a moment. Did you say squid? Uh Uh-huh, squid, says Abigail. Well, we're getting silly now, but sure, says Miss Peekschnitzel. They all sing, a squid is a person in your neighborhood. Harry wonders about Abigail's giant squid. Does it live in a fish tank? Can it do any tricks? What does it eat besides watermelon and how giant is giant? Day 75, Monday, January 7th. Today, people get new classroom jobs. Harry is book bin monitor. This is an unspecial job. Also, Harry's dad was supposed to be in town over the weekend, but he didn't come because of a problem at work. That was another unspecial thing. All day, nothing feels right. Harry struggles during reading. 
Miss Peekschnitzel has moved him to a higher level of book, and that's good because he was tired of the stories in the old book bin, but it's also bad because the new books are hard. There are ch sounds and sh sounds, and even more silent e's than before. The books aren't making any sense, and the pictures aren't helping. Harry wants to smush his face onto the table and close his eyes. At lunch, he feels like kicking chairs when Kamani gives Mason, and only Mason, a cookie from her lunchbox. And during writing, he wants to slam his hands on the table when Diamond hogs the green pencil again. Harry doesn't smush, or kick, or slam, but the bad feelings sit inside him all day. How come you're so grumpy? asks Charlotte as they wait for Eveline in the yard. Eveline has to come pick them up, but she is making them wait a while while she rummages in her purse. It's nothing, says Harry. I think it's something, says Charlotte. But still, Harry doesn't have words. He stomps his foot, and then he stomps his other foot, and then he stomps both feet really fast to let some of the grump out. Charlotte bends over. What's wrong, H? He stomps some more. I miss Daddy, he says at last. Charlotte takes his hand. They follow Evelyn up the yard. I was super mad when he didn't come after school on Friday, says Charlotte. I hate it when he does stuff like that. I love Daddy, says Harry loyally. Now that Charlotte is criticizing, he doesn't want to hear it. I love him too, says Charlotte. But he's not like a dad you can count on for stuff. Perdita's dad lives far away, but you know what? He calls her every single Wednesday night, and he comes to visit every other weekend. Harry nods. It would be nice to know when Daddy was going to call and visit. D&M, he says to Charlotte. Yeah, D&M, she says. Charlotte asks Eveline if she can go to the bodega, which is the shop on the corner that sells snacks, groceries and deli sandwiches. She runs inside while Harry and Eveline wait in line. When she comes out, she gives Harry a package of small chocolate cupcakes with fluffy frosting inside. You're special to me, Charlotte tells him. Day 76, Tuesday, January 8th. Our class is learning about community by having grown-ups who are community workers come to school, says Mrs. Peachnitzel, and today we have four family members visiting. Harry's mom is there. She sits in a chair during the morning meeting and talks about her job as an intensive care nurse. When people are really, really sick, or if they've had a bad accident, she says, they stay in the intensive care part of the hospital. I see the very sickest people and I help take care of them. She wears her scrubs so the children can see her work uniform. Diamond puts her hand up. Do you do stitches? No, but I keep the patient's wounds clean. How did you learn how? asks Diamond. I went to nursing school. 
I didn't know there was a school for stuff like that, says Diamond. I thought it was just reading math and writing. There's school for nurses, artists, news reporters, electricians, all kinds of things, says Harry's mom. When she is done, she sits next to Harry on the rug, just like a kid. Wyatt's grandma is next. She runs the office for a garage where auto mechanics work. She explains how the garage fixes cars. It also has a car wash. Kamani's dad is a fire chief. He brings a toy fire truck and explains all the parts and what they do. Last is Abigail's mom. She runs an animal rescue center. They take care of dogs and cats who are lost or homeless. She shows the kids pictures on the smart board. Elijah puts his hand up. Do you have ferrets? Sometimes, and sometimes birds and hamsters, but mostly cats and dogs, says Abigail's mom. Do you really have six dogs at home? asks Harry. Yes, they are dogs who couldn't get adopted. It's a good thing we have a backyard. What about a giant squid? asks Harry. Abigail said you have a giant squid. <sighs> the giant squid is a stuffed animal, said Abigail's mom, but we treat it like family. Day 77, Wednesday, January 9th. Your dad is so boss, says Harry to Kamani during lunch. Yep, says Kamani. My dad is just a manager, says Mason. My dad is just a veterinarian, says Abigail. Your dad is a veterinarian, shrieks Harry. That's even better than your mom being an animal rescue lady. Everyone wants to hear about being a vet. They all agree that when they grow up, they want to be vets too. Or maybe fire chiefs, like Kamani's dad. Fire chief vets! Wyatt doesn't say anything. He isn't eating, even though he has two Oreos in his lunch. Mason, Kamani, and Abigail are all talking happily about their awesome dads. Harry taps Wyatt on the shoulder. Hey, my dad doesn't live with me, he says. Did you know what? I wished he lived with me, but my parents got divorced. I don't have a dad at all, adds Diamond, and both my moms have boring jobs. I only have a mom, says Wyatt. It's all good, says Diamond. How come you live with your grandma, asks Harry. My mom is far away. Do you get to see her? asks Harry. Sometimes, says Wyatt, she's sick. Harry doesn't know what to say. No one else seems to either. Finally, he says, your grandma is super cool. Do you get to visit the garage? Wyatt nods. Do you get to look at engines? Yup, sometimes. Wyatt tells them about riding through the car wash and looking in the toolboxes and how the cars get jacked up so repair people can go underneath them. I'm the only kid mechanic they have there, he says proudly. Day 78, 
Thursday, January 10th. Miss You has felt. Tons and tons of felt. We're making shark heads, she announces. I know you're studying sharks with Mr. Daryl. She gives everyone scissors and shows them how to cut the head shape out of the felt. Choose any color you want. Harry makes a green shark. Next, Miss Yu shows them how to do teeth and eyes. Harry adds extra teeth. At the end, they glue their shark heads to blue paper that's supposed to be water. If they want, they can draw some little fish swimming around. Harry adds fish. Abigail adds a giant squid. You should come meet Squiddy and my dogs, says Abigail shyly. I've been to your house already. Okay, says Harry. You can even come today if you want, says Abigail. I think you can, I mean. And Harry does. Evelyn promises to pick him up at five, and he leaves the schoolyard with Abigail's mom. Abigail's family lives in a townhouse, a narrow three-story building with a backyard and the kitchen on the second floor. Abigail introduces Harry to the six dogs and then to Squiddy and the other stuffed animals who live on her bed. Her room is painted dark pink. They go to the kitchen for graham bunnies and milk. And after that, they play dress up and build a fort. Harry wears Abigail's chef costume and Abigail wears her doctor costume. All the stuffed animals are sick in the fort hospital and Harry brings them good things to eat. Squiddy eats the toy watermelon. Harry doesn't want to leave when Evelyn comes to pick him up. Day 79, Friday, January 11th. During reading, something clicks. Silent E makes glob into globe. It turns twin into twine. Suddenly, it makes sense. Harry no longer has to stop at every word to check to see whether it has an E at the end and then figure out what the sound in the middle might be. He just knows. He raises his hand. Miss Peekschnitzel comes over. I could read some of my book to you. Sure, she squats down to hear and see. It is a story about a mule who waves while she bakes a cake. Then she waves while she plays a game and waves while she rides a plane. Harry can read it without pausing. After school, Daddy is waiting in the yard. He has come for the weekend. He will stay at a friend's house. Then he will come and have dinner. Surprise! Harry feels the grump he's been holding all week fade away. He loves Daddy, and Daddy loves him. He knows it's true. He gives his dad the felt shark he made, which was dry enough to take home. Daddy promises to put it up on the wall of his apartment. Have you been, H? He asks, swinging Harry around while they wait for Charlotte to come out. I have a lot of friends, says Harry. There's Mason, Abigail, Diamond, and Kamani, and even Wyatt. Plus, I can make a shark and a pom-pom. 
I can read words with silent E's in them, and I can count to 100. You can, says Daddy. I can, says Harry. With Charlotte, they take a train to Manhattan and go to Daddy's favorite pizza restaurant. The one with the giant melty wax candles. Afterwards, they go to a nighttime superhero movie and take the subway back to Brooklyn. Harry falls asleep on Daddy's shoulders. And as the train shuttles through the night. Chapter 16. Charlotte. Day 80. Monday, January 14th. Eveline has bags of cheese puffs for Harry and Charlotte when she picks them up. We have to do some errands for your mother, she says cheerfully. So I thought these might make the chores go faster. It is icy cold on the street. But Harry and Charlotte take off their mittens and count the cheese puffs as they eat them and walk. There are 28 puffs in each bag. In the steamy heat of the drugstore, they can look around while Evelyn collects the things on her list. Harry wants to go to the toy aisle to see if Evelyn will take him and buy him something. Come on, he says, pulling Charlotte's hand. Let's see if they have those bags of tiny plastic dinosaurs. They're heading over when suddenly Charlotte ducks into the boring shampoo aisle. Why are you stopping? Perdita is over there, she whispers. I don't want to see her. Your friend, Perdita? Yeah, but... I'm D and M at her. How come? She's not letting me play with her at recess. Why? Harry wants to go to the toy aisle. She started up some game where she's a queen and Hannah's a court jester and some other people are royal pets, but they say I can only play if I'm the scullery maid, says Charlotte, and I don't want to be the scullery maid. What's a scullery maid? I don't really know, but it's like scrubbing and taking out garbage and stuff like that. Oh, yuck. Royal pet is way better than scullery maid. Exactly. Harry takes Charlotte's hand. He doesn't pull her to the toy aisle. They hold hands as they wait for Evelyn to pay for things. They keep holding hands while Evelyn picks up a bag of laundry at the laundromat. They hold hands all the way home. Day 81, Tuesday, January 15th. Map time. All the kids have to draw maps of their bedrooms. If you were high up looking down at your bedroom from the ceiling, what would it look like? Asked Miss Peekschnitzel. She shows some of them examples. Harry shares a room with Charlotte. They have twin beds. His bed has dinosaurs on the comforter and her bed has lemons. It takes him a long time to draw the map because their room is messy. It's hard to show all the things that are piled around, like a stack of books that aren't in the shelf and stuffed animals that live in a laundry basket. When he's done, Harry asks Miss Peachnixel if he can take his map home. I was planning to hang them on our wall of our classroom, she says. I want to give it to my sister because she's has a mean friend says Harry. The teacher says yes. Harry writes for Charlotte in big letters at the top of his map. When he gives it to her after school, 
Charlotte tapes it to the door of their bedroom, where anyone walking down the hall can see it. Day 82, Wednesday, January 16th. In science, Mr. Darrell has started teaching about weather, and in art, Miss Yu has them make winter scenes. She shows them examples of how different artists have painted wind and snow. She says artists don't have to use white for snow. They might use yellow, purple, blue, or green, or any color. Harry wants to use white anyway. He takes blue paper and makes a white snowman. And then he gets a big brush and makes a swirling, whirling windstorm. It covers the snowman completely. Miss Yu hands out glitter. Silver glitter, gold glitter, blue glitter, and purple glitter, and glitter that's see-through and rainbow. By the end of art, Harry has glitter all over him. In his ears, between his fingers, on his neck, on his clothes. So do the other kids at Goat Table. We look silly, says Wyatt. Nah, we look boss, says Kamani. I think so too, says Abigail. We're sparkly. It shows we're artists, says Harry, like everyone will know we did art today. We're a team of glitter people, says Mason. Yeah, says Harry. Team glitter goat, yeah. Yeah, okay, uh, Wyatt agrees. Team glitter goat is the greatest. We'll be sparkly all over Brooklyn. Day 83, Thursday, January 17th. During story time, Miss Peekschnitzel reads aloud about Dr. Martin Luther King. He was like the greatest community worker, the most awesome change maker, and the most important line leader of all. The book explains how Dr. King made a big difference for black people and their rights, and how he showed white people that they needed to work to make a difference too. He changed the rules through peaceful actions. For example, now there are laws that say you can't separate people because of their color and you can't be unfair to them because of their race, religion, gender, or background. This book reminds me that I need to speak up against things that are wrong even when other people don't agree with me, says Miss Peekschnitzel. She writes the word peaceful up on the sparkly word wall. Dr. King taught me that I can be brave and fight for what's right and be peaceful at the same time. She adds, we have Monday off to celebrate Dr. King's birthday. Walking home with Charlotte and Eveline, Harry asks about Perdita. Did you guys play today? No, says Charlotte. I played with Rosie and her friends, but it wasn't that fun. Are you going to be the scullery maid tomorrow, asks Harry. I don't think so, says Charlotte. Not if she's the queen. If she wanted to be scullery maids together, that would be different. Day 84, Friday, January 18th. At the end of the school day, the class has a birthday party for Dr. King. Even though his real birthday was January 15th, today is the day before the holiday, so today is the day for cake. 
Miss Peek Schnitzel baked cupcakes, and yay, they're chocolate. Together, the students sing, Happy Birthday, Dear Martin. Miss Peek Schnitzel shows part of a video of Dr. King's most famous speech, where he says, I have a dream today. He says he dreams that his children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. We can all be change makers, says the teacher, and change making starts with having a dream. She asks the students to share their dreams for a better future. I dream all dogs have a home, says Abigail. Me too, says Mason. I dream that everyone votes, cause lots of people don't right now, says Diamond. That's what my mom told me. I dream that it doesn't matter who you love, cause love is love, says Orlando. I dream that everybody recycles, says Jaden. I dream what Dr. King said about not judging other people, says Kamani. Harry isn't sure what to dream. He wishes for all the things the people have said. They're all good things. Finally, he puts his hand up. I dream everyone speaks up when something's wrong, he says. They use their words. I dream Spider-Man is real, says Wyatt. Me too, says Robbie. Let's please be serious, says Miss Peachnixel. I am serious, says Wyatt. Spider-Man saves a lot of people. I wish he was real so much. Day 85, Tuesday, January 22nd. Part of social studies has been learning about garbage and waste. Being responsible for our trash is an important element of being a good community member because garbage hurts our oceans and our air, says Miss Peachnitzel. The kids have learned the three R's of talking about waste. The words are on the sparkly word wall. Reduce means to use less. Reuse means to find new ways to use old items so they don't go in the trash. And recycle means to put certain things into bins so they can be made into new things. Today they are reusing. This morning, kids brought in cereal boxes, paper towel rolls, plastic takeout containers, used wrapping paper, packaging peanuts, milk cartons, and anything else they had around the house that could be reused. Harry brought in two shoe boxes and a tall, round oatmeal box. Miss Peekschnitzel brings out a huge piece of cardboard they will use as a base. We will build a sculpture map of Gardner Street, she says. We will be reusing all of those items you brought from home. She has a sketch that shows the locations of all the important buildings they've seen on their neighborhood walks. Each kid gets something to make. Wyatt has the fried chicken restaurant. Abigail is in charge of trees, ginkgos, northern red oaks, and crab apples. Diamond has the toy store. Mason has D'Angelo's Bakery. Kamani has the firehouse. Harry has the bodega. Miss Peekschnitzel ignores the usual afternoon schedule, and the students work on the sculpture map, pasting, painting, and collaging. Miss Yu peeks in to see how it's going. 
Oh, I love this project, she cries. Her eyes are shining. Harry runs over to show Miss Yu how he covered a milk carton with yellow and red tissue and then drew windows with a black pen. I'm going to put things in there in the windows because you can really see things in the windows of the bodega, he tells Mrs. Yu. What are you going to put, she asks. Chocolate cupcakes and cheese puffs, he says. When he's finished, his milk carton looks just like the bodega. Harry writes Delhi Grocery on it, which is what it says on the real store sign. He uses the neatest writing. Day 86, Wednesday, January 23rd. During science, Mr. Darrell shows the kids some close-up photographs of snowflakes. Wow, they are like art. Harry has never seen anything as beautiful as real, live snowflakes. The snow that lines the sidewalks in Brooklyn is icy and dirty. It's old snow, Harry thinks. The beauty is in the new snow. Wednesday is Harry and Charlotte's usual night to go to the dumpling restaurant for dinner. The family orders pork, vegetable, and shrimp dumplings. I don't want to be friends with Perdita anymore, says Charlotte. She isn't nice to me. She used to be nice to you, says Harry. Yeah, says Charlotte, but not anymore. Too much mean and not enough nice to mix in with it, says Mommy. That's when it's okay to say goodbye. Charlotte doesn't usually sit in her mother's lap. It's Harry's spot, but most of the time it is Harry. Today, it's Charlotte after she finishes her dumplings. Mommy eats one with her hand and her other arm is around Charlotte's shoulders. As the three of them walk home, new snow begins to fall. Harry tells Mommy and Charlotte about the snowflake photographs. They look up to see the snow swirling in the light from the street lamps. It looks like glitter. Chapter 17 100 somethings. Day 87, Thursday, January 24th. For our 100 day celebration, we will each bring in 100 somethings. Miss Peekschnitzel reminds the class at morning meeting. I will send a note home so your grown ups know. Mason raises his hand. Can I bring 100 boogers? He asks. What do you think, says the teacher. Boogers are all natural, Mason says. They come from your body, so nobody should be ashamed of them. That's what my dad says. It's true, Kamani adds. Everybody has them. Hey, says Wyatt, I have a booger joke. Can I tell it? No, let's not do booger jokes, says Miss Peachnitzel. Harry puts his hand up. Also, if you cut a booger up, you get more boogers, Mason calls out. Also, you can stick them together and you can make one big giant booger. Miss Peachnitzel doesn't call on anyone after that. Day 88, Friday, January 25th. Harry doesn't know what to bring for the 100th day. Last night, his mom suggested band-aids, but band-aids are boring. 
On the phone, his dad suggested nails, but nails are boring. Charlotte told him to bring marshmallows. That's what the most popular thing is to bring. Everyone loved Hannah when she brought marshmallows because they got to eat them at the end of the day. But Wyatt is bringing marshmallows. Harry knows that already. He mulls it over all day, but everything he thinks of is small and doesn't seem important. Pennies, buttons, beads, paper towels, rubber bands. Harry wants to bring something big, something special. At the end of the day, he puts on his coat. Then he gets his backpack. His gargar keychain swings back and forth jauntily. Oh, he has an idea. I'll bring one of the hundred fluff monsters, he shouts as they're lining up. Harry, please use your indoor voice, says Miss Peach Nitzel. Mason grabs Harry's arm and jumps up and down, smiling. Wow, he says, that is the best thing to bring. Harry bounces as he walks out onto the yard for pickup. Fluff monsters! Day 89, Monday, January 28th. Are you really bringing 100 fluff monsters? Diamond asks Harry before morning meeting. Yep. How will you get them? Buy them, I guess. Harry gets a sinking feeling in his tummy. They cost like $5 each for the keychain, says Diamond. That's what my mom says. $5 for 100 monsters is, well, it's a lot of money, isn't it? Says Harry. Like a lot, a lot. Do you have a lot, a lot of money? Diamond asks, hopefully. No, Harry doesn't. Then and there, Diamond loans Harry the three fluff monster keychains off her backpack. With those, plus Harry's gargar, he has four fluff monsters. That's a good start. You still have to get 100, though, says Diamond, sounding worried. Oh, yeah, that's still a lot, a lot. But Harry can do it. And he has to, because he already told Mrs. Peachnitzel that he was bringing fluff monsters. She even wrote it down on her clipboard. He will go full fluff. Day 90, Tuesday, January 29th. This morning, Miss Peachnitzel writes new words on the sight word wall. This, wish, know, and thank. Harry copies them down, but he isn't thinking about them. He is thinking about getting 96 more fluff monsters. The teacher asks them all to write short sentences using their new word wall words. Harry writes, This boy needs monsters. I wish for monsters. I know some kids have monsters. I would thank kids for monsters. Is it a poem? asks Miss Peachnitzel, leaning over Harry's paper. No, he tells her, it's my real life. Can I read it to everybody? She says yes. Harry stands up and reads his sentences out loud. He hopes that the other kids, besides Diamond, will help him out. But what if they don't? Chapter 18 Kamani Day 91 Wednesday, January 30th. 
Kamani comes to school with three fluff monster toys and five keychains, some of which she borrowed from her brothers. She lends them to Harry. Mason brings two fluff monster keychains and two puppets. Abigail lends Harry four keychains. Wyatt lends Harry his keychain. Robbie brings his. Amira brings hers. Mia brings two. Adam brings one. Maddie brings one. And Elijah brings one. Miss Peekschnitzel lends her two homemade puppets, the one she used for the election. Twenty-five new monsters plus Harry's own and Diamond's three makes twenty-nine fluff monsters. Harry shoves them all in his backpack. It is so fat and full that he can barely carry it home. He is lucky to have such good friends, but he still needs seventy-one more. Day 92, Thursday, January 31st. Today, Kamani is doing finger knitting with bright yellow yarn. She loops it around her finger and sort of braids it. It's getting very long. Diamond and Abigail want to know how Kamani shows them. She shows them how to do it. Do you guys want to know too? Kamani asks the boys at the goat table. Nuh-uh, says Mason. Yarn is dumb. Yeah, yarn is dumb, says Harry, just because Mason said it. Yarn is for girls, says Wyatt. Not true, says Kamani. Yarn is for everybody. Everything is for everybody. Didn't your parents teach you that? At recess, Harry wants to play sharks and minnows. The kids from Goat Table have been playing it together at recess for the past couple weeks. But today, Diamond and Abigail are cozied underneath the climbing structure with Kamani. It's time for sharks and minnows, Harry tells them, peeking under the structure. No thanks, says Abigail. We're finger knitting, says Diamond. Okay then, fine. We don't need you anyway, says Harry. But three is not enough for sharks and minnows. Harry, Mason, and Wyatt try joining Elijah and Robbie... But those guys are busy with something called goat and unicorn. They try joining Amira and Isabel, but those guys are busy with something called tricky pig, tricky fox. They stand with their backs against the brick wall. They don't know what else to do. Do you want to learn how to finger knit? Asks Harry finally. No way, says Wyatt. No way, says Mason. So they stand there together. For the rest of recess. Day 93. Friday, February 1st. Abigail, Kamani, and Diamond are finger knitting at recess again. Kids are running all over, playing and shouting. But with no girls to play sharks and minnows, Harry, Wyatt, and Mason find themselves with their backs to the brick wall, just like yesterday. It's cold outside. No one says anything. I miss the girls, Harry says finally. Me too, says Mason. Ha <laughs> says Wyatt. Don't say the kissing rhyme, warns Harry. It's not that. I wasn't gonna, says Wyatt. I just want to play sharks and minnows with them, says Harry. Wyatt frowns, thinking. I miss the girls too, he says. And then he asks... What's the difference between boogers and broccoli? 
Harry doesn't know. They're both green, guesses Mason. No, says Wyatt. What's the difference? Harry thinks some more. One is bigger, he guesses. Wyatt shakes his head. What is it then, Harry asks. Kids don't eat broccoli, says Wyatt. Ha! Harry and Mason fall over laughing. Eating boogers is so gross and kind of true. I learned to tell a joke, says Wyatt. Day 94. Monday, February 4th. Over the weekend, Harry thought about how to get 71 fluff monsters. On Saturday, he couldn't figure out any way to get them. On Sunday, he couldn't figure out any way to get them. But today is Monday, and he knows a way. Kamani could give him some... Can I have some of your yarn, he asks, and they sit down at lunch. I have yarn, but you said it's dumb, so I think I'm going to keep it, says Kamani. Oh, that wasn't as easy as Harry thought it would be. During recess, Harry, Mason, and Wyatt climb to the top of the rocket. They decide the top landing is a boy-goat hideout with no girls allowed. We don't need girls or yarn or sharks and minnows, says Harry. But that doesn't solve Harry's fluff monster problem. Day 95, Tuesday, February 5th. Harry has a plan to get yarn from Kamani. He finds Charlotte at recess. She's doing jump rope with Rosie and some other fourth grade girls. Will you buy me some chief's puffs after school, he asks. Say please, she tells him. Please and thank you very much, he says. Okay, she says, ruffling her hair. Your little brother is adorable, says one of the girls. Harry runs away. Day 96. Wednesday, February 6th. Harry gives Kamani his bag of cheese puffs at lunch. The whole bag that Charlotte bought for him. What's this for? She asks, wrinkling her forehead. I want cheese puffs, says Mason. I'm your best friend. No, I'm trading it for yarn, says Harry. Could I have some yarn, please? I don't know, says Kamani. You act like it's so dumb, and now you want some? It's not dumb, says Harry, but his voice comes out small. It's what? asks Kamani. Yarn is not dumb, Harry says, loudly this time. Yarn is smart, and I would like some. Please and thank you very much. Of course you can have some, says Kamani. Yarn is for everybody. During free time at the end of the day, Harry winds the yarn he got from Kamani tightly around a plastic fork. And then he ties it tight to make a bundle. He uses scissors to cut the looped ends of the yarn and fluffs it into round pom-poms, just like Kamani's mom taught them to do. A little glue, two googly eyes from Miss Peek Schnitzel's supply cupboard, and Harry has a homemade fluff monster. One homemade Plus, the 29 that he has at home, that's 30. Now he just needs 70 more to make 100. Chapter 19, Fluff Monsters. Day 97, Thursday, February 7th. 
The weather today is terrible. Freezing, freezing cold. Harry is happy, though, because it means they stay indoors for recess. And he has his own yarn now. Eveline took him to the craft supply store in Manhattan after school, and they bought two colors of fluffy yarn, red and purple. It costs only $4 for both, plus 7 for two packs of googly eyes. Harry brings his yarn and packs of googly eyes to the auditorium where the kids play during indoor recess. He's going to make as many fluff monsters as he possibly can. He sits on the step that leads to the stage and starts to work. Select the yarn and cut it. Stretch the yarn and wrap it. Tie the yarn and cut it. Eyeball, eyeball, done. He notices that Abigail has sat down next to him. She doesn't like all the noises of the crowded auditorium. Some of the kids are playing Uno, others are doing Happy Llama, Sad Llama, and some are playing Snakes and Ladders. Can I play with you? asks Abigail. She already knows how to make pom-poms, and it's easy to add googly eyes. Abigail helps Harry till the end of recess, and together they make 11 fluff monsters. He already has the 20 he and Charlotte made on Wednesday night, and the 8 he and Mommy made this morning. With this new 11, plus the 30 from before, Harry has 70 fluff monsters. 30 to go. Day 98, Friday, February 8th. Harry is good at making pom-pom fluff monsters. He made 10 after school yesterday all by himself. He is like an expert at it. Hey, that means he's an expert again. First a guinea pig expert, and now a monster-making expert. Pretty boss. He only needs 20 more monsters, and there's the whole weekend to do them. Easy peasy. Day 99, Monday, February 11th. Monday was fine, whatever, math, reading, all the usual stuff. At the end of the day, Miss Peekschnitzel reminded the kids, go home and get your 100 items ready. Tomorrow is our celebration. Oh no, Harry's stomach goes flurpy because he forgot to make the last floor four fluff monsters. Forgot! Here is what happened. Friday evening, he made 16 fluff monsters with Mommy and Charlotte. But with four more to go, they ran out of yarn. No problem, though. That weekend, Harry and Charlotte were going to visit Daddy. You can make them in Boston, said Mommy. Your dad will know where to buy yarn, and I'll pack your googly eyes. Early Saturday morning, Daddy picked up Harry and Charlotte and took them to Boston on the train. They went to a movie and out for burgers. The kids slept on Daddy's fold-out couch. On Sunday, they went to a children's museum, then to a place that served 30 kinds of pie. Late afternoon, Daddy took them on the train back to New York, and Mommy met them at Penn Station. She brought them back to Brooklyn, super tired, and late at night. Harry forgot to ask for yarn. In fact, he forgot about fluff monsters entirely for two whole days. Now it's Monday. The 100th day celebration is tomorrow, and Haley, Harry only has 96 fluff monsters and no yarn. Even worse, he's not going home after school. He has a play date with Mason. 
Eveline will pick him up after dinner. Excuse me, Mason's dad, Harry asks in the schoolyard. Do you maybe have yarn at your house I could use for a project? And forks and scissors and googly eyes, asks Harry. Forks, scissors, and googly eyes, yes. But I don't think I have any yarn. Sorry, Harry. Could we go shopping for yarn? There's a craft store in Manhattan. Please and thank you very much. Mason's dad is sorry again, but no. Manhattan is far away, and he has a lot of cooking to do, plus a work call for on the phone from 4 to 5. Could I call my mom then, he asks. Of course. At Mason's apartment, Harry calls his mommy at work. Will you buy yarn on your way home and we'll make fluff monsters for tomorrow, he asks. I don't get off till nine tonight, she says. The stores won't be open. Maybe you and Mason can figure out how to make them some other way. I guess, says Harry, but he is definitely worried. Harry and Mason try. First, they build fluff monsters with Play-Doh. Hmm, says Mason. My monster's lumpy. Yeah, says Harry. Mine is sticky. They look like potatoes, says Mason. Sticky blue potatoes, says Harry. They try making fluff monsters out of crumpled origami paper instead. The monsters are fun to make, but the googly eyes won't stick to the crumples. They just look like trash, says Harry, discouraged. Let's draw them with crayons, says Mason. We're super good at them. They draw two fluff monsters each. They are both awesome at drawing fluff monsters, but the drawings are not full fluff. I don't want to bring a crayon drawing, says Harry. I want to bring monsters. Yeah, says Mason. I give up, says Harry. I give up too, says Mason. Even Pebble gives up. They go into the kitchen and ask Mason's dad for a snack. He gives them pickles and baby carrots. They take the food into the living room and sit on the floor in front of the coffee table. They're sad about the monsters, but they eat the pickles first and then dip the carrots in the pickle juice. Suddenly, Harry gets an idea. Problem solved, he cries, and he tells Mason his idea. Full fluff, says Mason. Together, they run to the kitchen to talk to Mason's dad. Can you help me text Diamond and Abigail, Mason asks. His dad says yes. They text. Ten minutes later, everything is great. Harry is absolutely, totally going full fluff. Day 100, Tuesday, February 12th. On the 100th day of his first grade year, Harry skips to school. He has two fabric totes full of fluff monsters, brought some store-bought and some homemade. Charlotte is carrying them also, and they both skip. Fluff 100, that's full fluff. Fluff 100, that's full fluff. That is the song that Harry skips to as he goes to school. Though maybe it's a poem, or maybe it's a song and a poem. Hmm. Abigail, Mason, and Diamond are waiting outside the Graham School in their Halloween costumes. Mason is dressed as Boompus, 
the purple fluff monster. Diamond is Gorf, the green one. Abigail is Dumpler, the red and orange one. And Harry is Gargar. 27 store-bought monsters, two homemade puppets, 67 pom-pom monsters, and four costumes makes 100. The four fluff monsters go into Miss Peek Schnitzel's first grade classroom, and all the kids have brought their 100 things. Diamond has 100 white toy jewels that are supposed to be diamonds. Kamani has 100 pink erasers that kind of fit on the end of pencils. Mason did 100 drawings of dogs on a poster board. Wyatt has 100 marshmallows, but they're only the miniature kind. Abigail has 100 pieces of dog kibble. Miss Peek Schnitzel brought a jigsaw puzzle with 100 pieces. She lays it out on the table. Kids can help put it together if they want. Wyatt comes up and pats Harry's monster suit. It's so boss, he says. Gargar is my favorite. Do you want to wear it, asks Harry. You could be the 100th fluff monster. It doesn't have to be me. For real, says Wyatt. Sure, says Harry. Be Gargar. Cool, thanks, says Wyatt. He puts on the Gargar costume over his clothes. Wumple, wumple, he yells, because that's the noise fluff monsters make when they run. The suit is a little short on him, but other than that, Wyatt really does make a good gargar. After playtime is morning meeting. Diamond is calendar right now, and she leads the song. What is today? Tuesday, Tuesday, what was yesterday? Monday, Monday, what is tomorrow? Wednesday, Wednesday, and today is the 100th day, yells Diamond when the song is over. She writes the number 100 on the class calendar. Everyone cheers. Then Miss Peek Schnitzel gives out new jobs. And guess what? Harry gets to be line leader at last, at last. The kids all share what they brought for the 100th day. There are 100 diamonds, erasers, drawings of dogs, marshmallows, pieces of kibble, lipstick kisses on a poster board, matchbox cars, sequin glued on paper, tiny plastic animals, grains of rice, song titles listed on a printout, holes punched in paper, star stickers stuck on paper, bobby pins, nails, toothpicks, playing cards, dried beans, bottled caps, drinking straws, fingerprints on paper, pieces of pasta in different shapes, Pokemon cards, drawings of hearts, and fluff monsters. Harry shows his store-bought ones, the teacher's two puppets, his pom-pom ones, and his four friends. That makes 100. Miss Peek Schnitzel gives each kid a bag with 100 tiny snacks, 25 cheese-flavored bunny crackers, 25 pretzel circles, 25 M&Ms, and 25 Teddy Grahams. She also brought 25 small lemonades and cardboard boxes, so everyone gets a drink. Wyatt shares his 100 mini marshmallows, and each kid gets four. 
Mason, Diamond, and Abigail feel too hot in their costumes, so they take them off and just wear their regular clothes. But Wyatt keeps the Gargar suit on. Harry eats the heads off his Teddy Grahams and cheese bunnies, and so does Mason. So do Wyatt, Abigail, and Diamond, and Kamani, until everyone at Goat Table has a pile of headless treats. They eat the bodies and laugh. The classroom is noisy, but not too loud. Miss Peekschnitzel is talking about finishing up and heading to the library soon, but nobody is paying attention. Mason is trying to wiggle his wiggly tooth. Abigail and Kamani are showing off their matching finger-knit friendship bracelets. Wyatt is telling his booger joke to Diamond. Harry feels big. It's a special day. He grins his gappy smile. You know what? He says, going up to Miss Peekschnitzel at her desk. I'm going to be an expert three times already. You are? Yes. I'm a guinea pig expert and a pom-pom monster-making expert. And now I think I'm a first-grade expert. Why do you think that? Tell me about it. Well... I could tell little kids all about first grade. I could explain to them so they won't be scared. What would you tell them about first grade? Asks the teacher. Harry thinks. I'd say don't push. Don't battle with beads or wires. Recycle. Use your words to say your feelings. Write your sight words. Practice counting to 100. He bites his lower lip and concentrates, wanting to remember everything important. Don't eat the pumpkin snacks. Try to make new friends. Keep reading even when the words are hard. Speak up when something's wrong. And help when someone's sad. You did it! cries Miss Peekschnitzel. You became an expert. Guinea pigs, monster making, and first grade. Fantastic! Yup, that's right, says Harry. And Harry Bergen Murphy, first grader, thoughtful brother, reader of words with silent E, best friend to Mason, and now an expert three times over, skips off to get some lemonade. The End There's a note from the author for parents, teachers, librarians, and curious kids. Harry goes to a public school in Brooklyn, New York. With a little poetic license, I use the New York City Department of Education's calendar to decide which days of school would be closed and for what reasons. The story is set in the 2018-2019 school year, but I moved the dates of Hanukkah to suit my story better. I used poetic license for the neighborhood, which is a composite of three in which I have lived, with street, businesses, and school names largely of my own invention.
Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of Sleepyhead Stories. Keep sending us those shout outs and remember to follow us on Instagram or Facebook and subscribe so that you're notified every time we release a new episode. And of course, share us with your friends. We would love it if you could help spread the word about Sleepyhead Stories to all your friends and family. So thanks again for listening. We love reading books and we love sharing them with you. Have a great day or a great night and we'll talk to you in the next episode.